Hello, I'm Buddy Martin. Welcome to the best Fridays in football with Urban Meyer and Terry Bradshaw on the Evergreen Podcast Network. Later, we'll talk with Terry about the NFL wildcard weekend. But right now, let's talk to the guy who has a bit of a stake in Monday night's national championship game between Alabama and Ohio State. Hello, Coach. Hi, buddy. Great to talk to you. Great to talk to you. And I was thinking about you today. We were preparing for this, thinking, what if you haven't had not stepped down as a, as a Buckeyes coach and you'd be playing for your fourth national championship? Wow. That's amazing, given that only one guy's won a whole bunch of them, and nobody's in this league, and that would be Nick Saban. So he's got a chance to get another one. I think it's seven for him. I know you haven't spent a lot of time thinking about that, but what if you could be playing for a national championship Monday night? Well, I think it's everyone's dream um, in the coaching profession is to leave a place very strong and leave it with someone that, you know, you handpick, you know, Ryan Day, uh, was a guy that uh, I hired. You know, he's a guy that actually was in the NFL and got their staffs got fired two years in a row. And when I hired him, uh, a lot of people asked why, you know, why does this guy, you know, everything gets scrutinized. And I said, well, you know, obviously that's my choice. And I knew him from a GA actually at Florida years ago. And, and I, I saw how elite he was. He embraced the culture at Ohio State that we developed. Uh, embraced the rivalry game, embraced, and then all those great people. This, I think it's the best infrastructure in college sports, the Ohio State infrastructure, and uh, all those people, you know, like Bob Stoops did it. It was one of the first guys to do it his way, and that was he found the right successor. He, it was very important to him, you know, to carry on and have those great people not lose his jobs, et cetera, et cetera. So I was going to maybe go another couple of years, but I felt it was time because the cupboard was – a lot of great players, uh, had the elite coach, and uh, I knew they could even get stronger. Well, it sure was a great handoff. <clears throat> Talk about Ryan Day's day uh, days as a as a GA. What was he like? What did you see? Well, he was Dan Mullen. Actually, ironically, Dan Mullen and him and Chip Kelly are from within 20 miles of each other in New Hampshire. The, I guess the great old coaching. Uh, <laughs> so. Dan's the one that brought him in, and I could tell right away he was a great worker. And then I followed his progress. He went to work with Steve Adazio at Temple and Boston College, and then he went with Chip Kelly in the pros. And I visited the one at Boston College, and I also, when he was coaching Tim Tebow at uh, Eagles, I went and spent a little time with him uh, and just really impressed with him. And we followed each other. We stayed in touch. And, you know, when they got fired at the San Francisco 49ers, I thought I saw a great opportunity to come in and, you know, he, he wasn't the coordinator. He was a co-coordinator and Kevin Wilson, but I could tell right away that uh, this guy was unique. Who knew that New Hampshire would be the cradle of coaching? I thought it was Miami of Ohio. You know, yeah. it turns out these guys were amazing. Not a coincidence, probably. So good story there. Well, uh, let, let, let's talk about the national championship game. And, and without giving away military secrets, how is the health of Justin Fields as far as you can tell? My understanding is he's sore, but he's good to go. Um, you know, I, I, I'm very close to that situation because the quarterback coach is my son-in-law, and he's a great coach. And I talk to Ryan quite frequently, so they'll be, you know, they've had some COVID issues, but they're uh, they're getting ready to go play this game and go try to win a national title. 
I was so impressed with Justin Fields and the way he played last time out. What resolve he had, the toughness he showed, uh, the, the way he played the game. I mean, that shot of him limping off the field after the, the hit and, and coming back on the field to, to finish the job. I, I think his stock went way up with a lot of people. I know he, the young man had a record of great character and is an excellent player, but he played another level in that game. And now I think this is a, a different football team with him playing the way he is unless he's hurt. Yeah, his stock went through the ceiling. You know, he has an incredible skill set. I tell him he's Dwayne Haskins, uh, which is in a very as accurate a quarterback as I've ever had. Great arm, great uh, accuracy. Uh, and then Braxton Miller, which is one of the best athletes I've ever coached a quarterback. And he's a combination of both. He's a 4-3-40. He's got great lower body strength, uh, extremely accurate. He had a couple bad games just because, uh, you know, they lost their best receiver for one game because of COVID. But his game and that, you know, his, his value to me shot through the ceiling because I've always, you know, I never look for a particular size. I don't really look for a particular arm strength. I look for qualities of elite competitor or toughness, a quarterback. They, that guy better be your toughest guy. And all the challenges that, you know, people were critical of Chris Sleek. The one thing Chris Sleek was in his own way, he was a tough guy in the weight room. He worked really one of the hardest workers on the team. And obviously, Tim Tebow took it to the next level. You know, J.T. Barrett, Cardell Jones, Alex Smith, all those guys, different shapes, sizes, backgrounds, yet they all had those two qualities. And that was elite competitor. The refuse-to-lose mentality and a warrior, a tough guy. And Justin Fields has done nothing but shown that since the beginning of this year. Well, listen to that list. The guys that you've had, starting back in Utah, starting Bowling Green, Utah, and on, uh, this particular group of quarterbacks uh, now that you are your legacy, uh, they've had some championships. And you can talk about the game and about how good you are in the stats. And, but as we found out, even looking at the Heisman Trophy race this year, uh, which hurt Kyle Trask, it's about winning games. And the fact that Florida lost three in a row, uh, albeit they played Alabama well, uh, did not help his Heisman Championship, uh, his Heisman Trophy uh, possibilities. But the guy had a great season. Uh, Just important message, and you said this all along and you repeat it, and the great coaches do, win the games and those awards take care of themselves. Well, there's a reason why Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time and unchallenged. He's a winner. And you look right now, and this is interesting, I did a little study, is all the great quarterbacks in the NFL right now maybe don't fit the skill set that everyone goes look for. That's why I used to get extremely upset with our coaches. And I want a six foot four guy that throws a, you know, really great accuracy and great arm strength and runs, okay, good luck finding the guy. How about finding the best competitor out there? You know, Russell Wilson doesn't fit any category other than toughness and character and leadership. You know, you look at uh, Drew Brees. Drew Brees was with the Chargers, and they decided to let him go, you know, because they maybe didn't fit their skill set. I just get uh, get so upset when I hear that. The heck with skill set. How about those qualities that you better have at that position? And Tom Brady is Tom. Tom Brady was a sixth-round uh, draft pick out of uh, the Wolver- from the Wolverines. So he certainly didn't have the skill set that overwhelmed people. You know what Tom Brady is? He's a man. He's a competitor. He's a tough guy. He's a leader. And those are all the things that you look for in a quarterback. Mac Jones is that, out of Jacksonville Bowls. And, and there's no surprise that when you see those teams in the national championship, they have those qualities. They're all different sizes, all different speeds. But those two qualities, three qualities that we look for, and that's why, I, once again, I get really upset when I see people 
you know, first of all, they, you know, they really have no idea what they're talking about when they start evaluating quarterbacks. Well, he's too short. Oh, is that he's too short? You know, Tim Tebow has too much of a, too, too long of a delivery. Okay, he's got a long delivery. I, I, I get that. But on fourth down and one, I know who I want, and uh, I want leading the team. Very interesting that you chose to talk about Tom Brady today because later on in the program we're going to hear from Terry Bradshaw who talks about just that very thing, how Tom Brady evolved from that six-round draft pick and became the greatest quarterback of all time. You like to hear those stories because, as you know, and you always preach and you do, development is very important of a quarterback and it takes time sometimes. So it's interesting to see how this plays out. But certainly, Ohio State's got a good one. And by the way, as you point out, Alabama's got a pretty good one, too, in Jones. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, You start getting butterflies about uh, game time on Monday night? Yeah, I do, because I'm invested in that program. Uh, I still get butterflies when the Gators played against Alabama. You know, I just, when you spend a lot of time at a place and a lot of effort and you're, you're so close with the coaching staff and and uh, so many of the fans, uh, yeah, I'll I'll be tied up. Not like if I was had the headset on, but uh, I think they'll perform very well. Certainly mm. so are playing well right now. Uh, should be a terrific game. Uh, speaking of which, the Gators, uh, Dan Mullen seems to have a lot of things going on these days. A lot of questions down here on my show. I've had a number of questions. A lot of people, there's been pro and con and people making lists of coaches and of course, the majority of the people love Dan and want him to stay here. And the, now there's that talk out there, as you know, how it goes in the off season. So I guess the question is, people are wondering what's going on with Dan Mullen. Do you have any clues? Um, other than that, the uh, I'm not quite sure the question. Uh, well, let me be specific. Uh, yeah, let me just oh. be specific about it. And again, I don't get too wrapped up in fans comments and questions, but there seems to be an unusual number of people concerned and worried about their coach and losing their coach and about some of the things that have happened over the past couple of games. Because, you know, really only six, seven, eight weeks ago, it was like a love story between Dan Mullen and the Florida Gators. And they still love him in many ways. But because of the, and you can't control these because you have it all the time, you get the stories about the NFL calling. You get the stories about uh, the, the NCAA probation. You get uh, people want Dan to come out and say, I'm a Gator, I'll always be a Gator, and he's not going to do that because no coach would. I think it's the confusion and the worry that after losing three games, the program will lose some momentum. They've had a really good year. Beating Georgia was a huge milestone. And I think they're worried about their coach. But fans want loyalty oaths, you know? They think they own you. You know that. If you leave Florida, which you did, which Spurrier did, sometimes a certain segment turns on you. So I guess I'm wondering if you have any idea <clears throat> excuse me, where Dan's head is regarding his future coaching and if you think it might be in the NFL and do you think he's a guy that would fit well in the NFL? Well, Dan is like a brother to me, and so I'm very close. I've not talked with him in detail about that, so – he was distraught, like all of great competitors get distraught over loss. And there is a, you feel an obligation to the fan base of the Gators or the Buckeyes or you do. And, and so a lot of teams don't, a lot of people don't. Dan does. I did. I felt when we lost the game, I felt we let people down. And I mean, it just, you remember that it destroyed me. Uh, we lost that, uh, 
Alabama game, and that that, that was like a punch yeah. to the jaw that yeah. I had a hard time getting off the canvas. And yeah. it wasn't because of me; it was because I personally felt like I let the Gator Nation down and felt my you know left my players down. And I guess great care, coaches, you know, they're the common commonality of a great coach is they care deeply for their players and they actually care deeply for their university. And Dan has that. So I know he loves for, are you kidding me? It's, it's one of the top five jobs in America. Uh, there is an incredible amount of pressure and expectation, uh, but no one puts a gun to your head and says, you need to be the coach here. And I've shared that, you know, I wasn't quite ready for that when I got to Florida, I was so young and, you know, I didn't understand the FCC. I didn't understand Gator nation to say I did. I, I watched Steve Spurrier. Uh, that's that's all I knew about Gator Nation, and uh, you, then you get into it and you fall in love with Jeremy Foley, the Doctor Matching, the the fans, the swamp, and then it becomes you know you start winning. And I would always Mac Brown told me this one time, buddy. He said, you know, I got good news and bad news. Good news is you won a national championship. Bad news is you won a national championship. That means that became my life, Gator Nation's life, uh, after that day. You know, that when we won in 06, that was the only thing that was acceptable. And I woke up every day with that, with that, you know, that noose around your neck, or that, I should say that the, uh, you know, just the, the weight of the world on you about winning a national title. SEC wasn't good enough. You know, you got to win it all. And then we won it all in 08. And I remember I was in a well document. I'm in the locker room, close the door, and I'm, I'm texting and calling recruits. They're out there celebrating because I was always worried. I was already worried about the next one. So I know Dan's to answer your question. He's very happy. He loves Florida. I don't think there's any intent on him to leave whatsoever. I don't know where I don't read. I guess one of the good things I've learned to do too. I don't, I don't really read anything to be honest with you, buddy. I just kind of go about my business. Understood. And I think a lot of us feel about the world today is that we don't want to see the news at nighttime, but uh, I know you had a great joy there and I followed you very closely. And I remember the days I remember one day when you walk off the field up into the stands and we're talking and you just said, wow, it's such a great place to be here at the Swamp. And, uh, what a great feeling it is to look out and see this place. And I know you loved it, but things do happen. Circumstances change. You're not, you are not a good loser. And that's, that's for sure. You ate your guts out when you lost the game. I know that. And that's, as you say, that's a commonality. It's great when it's going well, but boy, it's tough when you lose and, Losing three in a row, Urban. Did you did you lose three in a row one year? I don't think you did. Did you? Your first year in Florida. Oh, I think I did. Uh, yeah. No, my last year. Your last uh, the last year. Okay. We did. And, uh, we lost. Remember, we are, we lost our two kickers, and we had a punter playing kicker. Oh yeah, yeah. Mississippi State, and then we lost to LSU yeah. on that fluke play. Yeah. <clears throat> I think I think I, I try not to go back to those losses very often. I'm sure you don't. And uh, you don't have that many to go back to, by the way. So you're very fortunate in that regard. You've been a tremendously successful coach. And that's why your name comes up for every single job now these days. I even had someone last night say, well, Dan leaves, that's called Urban. <laughs> so it's nice to be thought of that way, huh? Okay, speaking of coaches, Steve Sarkeesian to Texas. Yeah, I think he was a hot name. You know, he was a guy that uh, had some very serious off-field issues that uh, are well-documented. I'm, I'm one of those guys, like, I've always taken the approach that there's greatness in everyone, and so if someone's going through a hard time, you know, does people deserve a second chance or a third chance? Of course they do, and that's exactly what's been given to him. Um, so all the prayers for him, all the best for him. He's certainly one of the best football minds. You know, I heard someone being critical saying – 
you know, who can't call an offense with three Heisman Trophy candidates with that talent. And it's not that easy. I mean, everyone's given your best shot. We've been down that road. I had some of the most talented teams too. And you, you still got management of personalities. You got to make sure everyone's getting the ball. You got to make sure. So it's not that easy. And I thought he's done a brilliant job. And uh, Texas, obviously another top five opportunity. Be interesting to see what can happen there because they've chewed up a few coaches lately. Uh, and yeah. it's, it's a tough place. Uh, like a lot of places with, as you say, a top notch job. Um, well, um, just a quick thought on the NFL, if you have any. I know you don't get pay a lot of attention to it, although your name has been associated with a certain franchise. Coming up on the wild card weekend, any particular team you like? Like you said, I've not followed teams. I follow my players. I follow them real closely. And, you know, one thing I have had the opportunity over the last 15 years is get the – you know, get to know the GMs and some of the coaches and really appreciate how some do their job. You know, I'm a big fan of the Sean Payton and New Orleans Saints. I just, mm. I, I think the way they go about their business, you know, they have a bunch of our players, uh, Bill Belichick. Well, he, they're not in it, but uh, the Saints are one that I've gotten very close with. Obviously, Mike Vrabel, the Tennessee Titans was on my staff. and I just, I know exactly how he runs his organization. And mm. so those are just two that I, it's more about people. I don't really look at the teams. Somebody asked, and we'll get to ask Urban next year. Somebody asked about what does Urban do? What's his days like now? You're not doing Fox, uh, you know, uh, right now. Um, and uh, do you have plan to do that in the future? What does Urban do? Does he play tennis? Does he play golf? What's your typical day like for this person who wants to know? Well, I'm still very involved in uh, TV just because of this national channel. I'm on Big Ten Network. We do uh, Fox is doing a preview show tomorrow uh, for the game. I do work out quite a bit, tennis and golf are my two hobbies, and then uh, grandkids, family, and uh, take care of myself is the other one, and, mm-hmm. and doing the best I can being a dad and a grandfather. Mm-hmm. Great things for a uh, grandfather. Okay, you ready for some Ask Urban? Sure. Okay, i got to pull out all my notes here that I had earlier. Uh, people asking about uh, a lot of questions about coaches uh, today. Let's see what they were um, say. This comes from Shaker Heights is right near Cleveland, right? I think, yeah. Uh, this yeah. comes from Ray in Shaker Heights about coaching prospects. Now, I don't know what you know. What do you think of Jamie Chadwell of Coastal Carolina as a future coach for a Power Five? Well, you, the one thing about the coaching profession, it's very evaluation-friendly. Uh you know, there's some professions that I've learned over the years and even in corporate America, et cetera, that are very hard to evaluate. Coaching is not. Coaching is very easy. You look at the scoreboard. You look at, the, you know, the fundamentals of the team and the performance of the team, and it's all, you know, very easy to evaluate. And so I don't know him. Uh, I watched his team this year. I've seen him talk a couple times after a game. I think he's an up-and-comer. And why? Because he wins. He took a place. I never heard of Coast I, I heard of Coast Carolina's baseball team. Yeah, national heard champions. Yeah. yeah, and now all of a sudden you're, you're just seeing them play, and they're not they're not a fluke. I mean, they're really good. They're a really good team. He must be a really good coach, and of course he'll be a, a name that everybody's going to keep an eye on. And you could speak to this. Just this is my follow up question: at being at Bowling Green, trying to go the next level up, getting people to trust your ability, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, how hard is that for a coach trying to make his name? Well, I have a great story when. Uh, 
uh, I was at Bowling Green, and, and uh, what happens is headhunters call you. They, so the coach doesn't actually call, or the AD doesn't call you because they're really not allowed, or they're not, you know, they're not supposed to make contact with you. And so I have headhunters, and I remember I was at Bowling Green, and I didn't, even, you know, I just was worried about Bowling Green, and I started getting these phone calls from these uh, search firms, and um, one was to Michigan State. And then the search firm called me about two weeks later and said, Coach, we uh, we made the decision going another direction. And thanks for your time. I said, Okay, no problem. And he said, We're we're just looking for a tier one coach. And I was like, Well, what the hell am I? You know, that's you take that kind of personal, you know. And so, uh, what that's what happens in the coaching profession. But I'll never forget that when they said, Yeah, we're, you you don't quite fit the tier one we're looking for. <laughs> um, and then you get kind of, you know, just because we're all competitors, and it's okay, tell me exactly what a tier one coach is, because if I'm not that, you know, what do I need to work on to get there? So that that's what happens in the coaching profession. You start, you know, you start, people start going after you, and uh, that's what happened to Dan Mullen when we started winning at, uh, at Florida, Mississippi State of all places. Here's a guy from New Hampshire, and they called Dan, and I remember telling Dan, I said, Dan, you're from New Hampshire. You're going to go to Starkville, Mississippi. Be careful. And he did a great job there because he's a great coach. Interesting. The other names that are being tossed about these days for openings are, as you know, uh, addition to Chadwell, who's a hot guy. Obviously, Hugh Freeze, Elaine Kiffin. You know, he's pretty happy there, but if they had the right job, came along. And Matt Campbell, who I think you know a little bit about. So, any thoughts about any of those three guys? Hugh Freeze and Lane, they got baggage. We know that. And it has to be worked through. But Matt Campbell looks like a very promising upcoming coach. Your thoughts about him? Oh, I love Matt. He's an Ohio guy. He's from northeastern Ohio, where I'm from. He was a cut his teeth in Mountain Union, one of the great programs in Division Three. Uh, I know Matt very well. Talk to him every year. He's a, you know, a fundamental uh, coach. He's a believes in playing the game the way it's supposed to be played. And that's what great defense control the line of scrimmage and minimize the turnovers. You know, it's kind of a formula that uh, has worked for as long as the game of football has been played. So great. And on top of that, a great person. Okay. Uh, Carl and Reno ask, would Bob Stoops coach again? Bob Stoops is a great friend. We've talked about it. He did that XFL. Uh, I think that's what it was called. Mm-hmm. And, and they really enjoyed it. You know, I, I don't know. I, 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 I know him, but I have not asked him that recently. Uh, as of last year, I don't. He had no desire, but he's still. You know, we're close to the same age, and there's. You know, you have your health. You know, um, his father did die of a heart attack, and I know that played. You know, I don't want to get too personal about his business, but you know, he's in a great place. He's a great person and a good friend. Yeah, what's it like for you guys? Uh, you know, who you and Coach Spurrier and Bob Stewart who have the great success. And you, you still get, and I won't ask you any personal questions about any particular job, but I just want to know what's it like for you and Bob, because I didn't even think about Bob until someone brought it up. And I said, I don't think you want to coach again, but maybe I'm wrong. I can't speak for Bob Stoops. Urban Meyer, Steve, Spur- Steve Spurrier said he'd love to have a job as a coordinator someplace on one of these spring leagues. What about guys who are saying, well, I, I'd like to, but I really shouldn't. And, and what's that like going through that? Well, you reach the point in your life, and Bob Stoops made the decision because he wanted his own time. You know, he, uh, you know, family. There's a lot of. I, I'm a person. I've never looked at myself as a football coach. That that was what I did. You know, that didn't define me. And 
you know, unfortunately it becomes that because you become so consumed with it. When you start spending 15 times the amount of time with players and an organization and to do your own family, that, for some people that's okay. For other people that really bothers us. That really, that's well documented. That ate me alive uh, at Florida, among other things. That, you know, here's my daughter. That, so I, I just, I have other things, other, other interests. And does that mean I don't love the game of football? I didn't say that. But there's other people, that's their only, that's it. You know, their family situations might not be very good or whatever is going. And that, once again, that's in everybody else's business. Everybody has the right to do whatever they want to do. But I know Bob Stoops, is, his family means the world to him. He has two kids playing college football. He's got an incredible marriage and wife. And, and his, his, his time means a lot to him. And so, but there's others that everything else is put on second, you know, secondary compared to uh, that. And I had to be, I was very calm cautious of that and I crossed that line a couple of times well documented I felt like I let that get in the way of you know doing the things I had to do or that my, I grew up with a great father never missed a game and I was missing all kinds of stuff and that you remember that that, yeah. that really that bothered me I do remember it quite well uh, and by the way Bob did an excellent job of finding his successor as you pointed out earlier and there's another another there's another thing buddy that some people don't understand that and that's once again, everybody's got free will, you know, whether it be a sports writer or whether it be a fan. And I, well, I don't understand why. Well, that's okay. It's that's that person's decision and that's person's choice. No one's really asking you, you know, for you to understand, you know, that's is what, you know, we don't get involved with Buddy Martin's business. You know why? I guess that's up to Buddy Martin. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, final one. Uh, this just popped up. I didn't catch it when it happened. Uh, this is from Bubba in Gainesville. Says, what happened to Doc Holliday? Oh, man. Yeah, Doc was winning. I got coach of the year. We all love Doc. I saw that as well. And by the way, his receiver coach is Dallas Baker. And Dallas and I are still very close. And boy, they were having a good year. So I think they started 7 and 0 and got ranked in the top 20. So I don't know if it was just time. He's been there a long time. Uh, but I'm not quite sure. At some point, I'll reach out to him. Yeah, just kind of shocking. Well, uh, enjoy the game on Monday night. Uh, you get uh, to root for somebody, and you don't have the responsibility, although knowing you, Urban, I'm sure you do have the responsibility. Good luck to the Buckeyes. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotas, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, Yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? (laughs) The Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Take care, brother. All right, Coach Urban Meyer, he'll step aside for a second while we just introduce our next uh, podcast coming up. Coach Urban Meyer joins us every week on the best Fridays in football. Up next is Terry Bradshaw. He's got some comments about the NFL wildcard weekend. 
right here on the best Fridays in football on the Evergreen Podcast Network. And now, okay. here's the star of the show. Here's Terry. Is that better? Okay, that's a little better. Okay. That's a little better. Right. Not nearly what I expected, but better. I'll work on it. You got to get uh, packed up and hey, go. Listen, mm-hmm. Write this down so you don't forget it. Hold on. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the star star of stage and screen. Hang on. Star uh, of stage. Four-time Super Bowl champion screen. quarterback. Four t- uh, was it four times or three? Voting, I went, oh, wait, was it four or three? Four, I forget. Four, four, voted by Tractor Magazine <laughs> as the sexiest 72-year-old in America. <laughs> no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Yeah, it. How are you, Terry? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I'm a... Uh, uh, a little tired today, and uh, I've got I'm busy. And then I told Tammy I'd take her fishing, and mm. she just came inside. She said it's raining. Mm. So I've got to take <laughs> take the family to the airport, and then uh, we were going fishing. I'll fish in the rain, and she's too. She's but I've got some serious reservations about this. Yeah, you got to be serious. You got to be serious fishing. Yeah. Do you have the lake in yeah. front of your house now, or is it where you yeah. go? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We'll fish the one in front of the house. My brother and I went there yesterday. We Catch anything? 54 bass. What? 50, 54 bass in two hours. Wow. And the day, um, New Year's Day, uh, we went, no, not New Year's Day, last, uh, oh, Saturday, Saturday, because mm-hmm. I left late for L.A. We went fishing, and we caught um, 60. How do I know? Because we count them because we have a contest. So in two fishing trips, you know, that's 114 bass mm. or something. So, yeah, that that's pretty crazy. You know? It's crazy. Well, that's good stuff yeah. if you got that going on. Hey, listen, uh, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about football. I know sometimes okay. we, we do that, and sometimes we don't. Yeah. But it's okay with me. Whether we, but since we do have the playoffs going on, and I know you haven't yes, been doing do. you haven't been doing your studying, but you still know what's going on. Let me ask you first: How's everything going on with the okay. show? How are things with uh, Jimmy and Howie and Kurt and 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 and, and what's the other guy's name? Oh yeah, <laughs> Michael. Mike, Michael Tr- Strahan. Yeah, I Michael. And I'm just, I'm just kidding, Michael. Yeah. A little bit. Oh, oh, oh. So all right. Oh. So so now yeah. everything good. Yep, everything's good. Good. Um, no, no complaints. Yeah, you guys got it going on, man. I tell you, it's a good show. And and I well, said this. I said this. I don't know what. I think we're. You know, it's all about ratings with these networks and. uh we outdistance everybody by we're down this year, but we beat everybody by 45%. We normally, before the, um, before, uh, well, actually before I got sick, we were up at 50 something percent over every 52 percent of everybody and that's quite that that's impressive you know buddy dealing with television the first thing they do man it's tuesday they they run to see what the uh, ratings are so it was pretty cool that uh that's great. Twenty seven years. Twenty seven years. Man, who knew? This well we bunch, went to we, this uh, bunch of men, yeah. This yeah. bunch of men has a has a pretty good following with yeah. the uh, with, you know, 
with uh, the football role, which yeah. is nice. They're football guys. That's good. So congratulations on that. Uh, and let's get right to the games, and we'll talk a little football. Okay. i just give you my top okay. of mind real quick. I like this little Buffalo team. I like this little Buffalo team. They're fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Like their offense. Right. Uh, they're favorite over in the Indianapolis, who's, by the way, a pretty good team. So you want to give me a couple of picks yeah. here? You want to pick them all? How about Andy Buffalo? Um, uh, and, and as I said, I, good. Yeah, I think up in Buffalo, uh, in Buffalo, being the number two seed, which is what Buffalo is, uh, I don't think uh, Phillip Rivers and the Colts. Uh, can beat Buffalo up there. Now, nice team. to all our listeners out there, you don't know if you go back to the Houston playoff game last year, Buffalo did not play well, especially Allen. He has matured and really taken that offense. Uh, he's really adjusted. He looks, he's grown up. He looks comfortable. I expect him to play like he's big playing. And eventually, I think I think it should come down. Let somebody lay an egg, and it always happens. You know, it could be Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Cleveland could be Pittsburgh. I, anything can happen. Who's going to be Baltimore? But I think it'll probably come down, buddy. I think all the football world would love to see Buffalo, Kansas City, and that's a toss-up. Yes, me. Be a nice story. Uh, and and then we get to uh, Seattle's playing a team called Larry, I guess. Oh, wait a minute. That's Los Angeles Raiders. I get that mixed up. They've changed. I thought it was Larry for a minute. I know. Uh, <laughs> Seattle, <laughs> Seattle is, uh, uh, is a, is a three-and-a-half-point favorite over Larry. Uh, any thoughts right. there? Well, they split during the regular season. Uh, Rams won one. Seattle won one. They sacked Russell Wilson something like uh, 12, 13 times in those two contests. So, they have the ability to, as you well know, with their defensive front, to get after the quarterbacks. Now, the offensive line is healthy for Seattle, uh, and they've been together the last five weeks. So that that is going to be great, you know, for the protect, pass protection. Russell Wilson uh, has been good versus uh, the blitz when people come after him since safeties and so forth, uh, he's pretty good at avoiding that and getting rid of the ball. It's a smart football team. DK Metcalf on the outside. I mean, they've got talent everywhere. And I would expect um, Seattle to win that game. All right. You like Seattle? Over the ramp. Plus, Goff is out, or Goff isn't out, or is that? He Who knows? that good when he was. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't that good when he had a good time. Yeah. Now he's got a screw in it. Hmm. And a pin, and he's going to play. Are you kidding me? Hmm. Uh, you know. Wow. So, so all right. So you I got. I don't even know the other kid. I don't even know who the backup is that's played last. I don't either. I got to look it up. Um, I don't have any notes or anything. It's all right. We don't need. Quite honest with you. Yeah. I haven't even started studying. I know. Today. I called. You. I said that when we started out. I understand this is cold, so we do. We don't expect you to be. Just give me the winners, okay? So so far, you give me okay. Buff, Buffalo and Seattle. Right. I want some of Terry's money. Right. We want some of Terry's money. Yeah. You always talk about your money. Who's that guy who comes right. on looking like Howie um, with the with the for the fake crew cut yeah. and said, "Oh, that's you." Yeah. Um, so all right, so you give us Buffalo uh, and you're giving right. us uh, Seattle, and now we got a team we care right. about. 
in Florida and has been right. interesting. And the other day, Rosarian said Tom Brady has played better than expected. So they are eight-point favors over the Washington Football Club. And that game is right. the third game Saturday. Give me your thoughts about that, 8-15 on NBC. Is the game in Washington? Game is in Washington, yes. Yeah, because they won the division, yeah. And they're in uh, Tampa Bay did not. So I don't think uh I don't think uh well what if, what you're gonna have pretty good Buccaneer defense. Uh and you're gonna have a real good redskin defense. If Smith is you yeah. know, to stay healthy. Great story. Uh what mm. I think Washington can upset Tampa Bay. That might be wow. one of those Yeah. But I said, I think it can happen. They're they're that interesting. Don't forget that one year when the Giants went to Dallas and they were massive underdogs and they beat Dallas. Then they go up to Green Bay and massive underdogs. They beat Green Bay and they were a wild card team. And they went on to beat New England in Arizona in the Super Bowl. So I don't. That's why in playoffs uh, we get easily too caught up in the stats and Tom Brady and, and listen, rightfully so I'm as guilty as anyone, but I'm a big, I'm a firm believer in defense. Hmm. Uh, and we have seen early in the season, um, uh, Brady had trouble. They couldn't pass protect him and he's going nowhere. You get through, he's just going to crumble to the ground. He's got no athletic ability at all. I mean, you can't run, okay? But they are throwing the ball deep, which is what Bruce Arians like. He wanted to throw the ball deep. We all expected two tight ends. I did. A lot of crossing routes and so on and so forth. And you look at the offensive talent now with Antonio Brown Man. in Tampa Bay. Now, they Mike Evans is out. Yeah, he, uh, They may say he's going to play, but I saw him get up, and I saw that knee bow. And you don't come back from a knee sprain in one week. So I don't think Mike Evans will play. And I believe that uh, Gronk will be huge in this game. And then they'll try to squeeze in um, Antonio Brown. Offensively, this uh, this this <laughs> this Tampa Bay team is fun. And Tom, I'm a, I'm telling you right now, have have I, I've never in my life seen anybody like. Brady, um, a guy that took marginal talent and turned it into the greatest quarterback that ever mm. played in the NFL as of right now, based on winning. And based on winning, it's not like, uh, well, is there anything else? Yeah. And I think, I think he has made himself an incredible quarterback. He's very smart. Uh, I love his delivery. I love his footwork. He's always got his left foot in the proper place. Um, just, I marvel at how well he plays and how young he plays. Does that make sense? He, yeah, he's, start, he's 43. He plays he like he's 35. And, and, yeah, and yeah. he's coming back next year at 44. Yeah. And if he plays well, he'll probably come back at 45. Wow. George Bland all over again. <laughs> Remember George Bland? Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. But it, having looked in the NFC, I would, I would pick um, – I would pick Tampa Bay over 
uh, Washington. Okay, so you're it giving me all right, there, but. all right. You're giving me you're giving me Buffalo. You're giving me Seattle, and you're giving me Tampa Bay. But do they cover the eight? That's what I want to know. Almost the Terry's money. Do they cover what? The eight points. Eight yeah. point. Eight point. Yeah. Yeah, they cover. They cover eight points. Okay, there you have the winners. I'm gonna check them off right now. And I know you only got one game. You got you got the. I'm gonna catch. I'm gonna go right now and make my picks. You guys have the uh, the big Los Angeles uh, Seattle game uh, on your network. So here we go. Winner Buffalo. Winner Seattle. And Shut winner. Up! <laughs> Which one is that, Annie? The whole bird. <laughs> is that you? Door, the all 10 dogs went ballistic on. Uh oh, my goodness. Okay. All right, Terry, team, I'm going to get you out of here. I apologize. I know you got to go. I'm going to get I you know, out of here. Yeah. Uh, but I want to get through the Sunday games, although you guys don't have a game ABC, CBS, and NBC. But quickly, we won't spend a lot of time, except there is a Browns, certain Browns fan who really wants to talk about oh. that game. Let's real quick Baltimore, Tennessee. Tennessee's getting three points. The game is in, in Nashville. Baltimore, Tennessee. Mm hmm. Oh, boy, the defense in Tennessee is up and down here lately. Nobody, as, as I made a point, or tried to make a point Sunday, nobody wants to see Baltimore Ravens. And I'm going to pick the Ravens. All right. You've got the Ravens there. You're laying the three you points. Henry, you got to I want Tennessee to win. Do you? But I'm going to pick the Ravens. Yeah. All right. You're going to pick Ravens. All right. All right. So now you're, one of your teams is New Orleans. It looks like they got right. the QB oh, back just in time. Who they got? Chicago in New Orleans. Uh, Chicago yeah, is feeling pretty yeah, darn good right now, but not good enough for, to stop those no, guys. No, no. And I, buddy, I, I put my reputation on the line at Fox last week, and I just decided I would really, really go all in on Mitchell Trubisky. Hmm. And, uh, I was extremely disappointed. And my whole point in that game was, hey, Mitch, this is the one time in your life where mm -hmm. you have to be the reason the Bears won. And he, and he was he, he was as much the reason they lost. So moving on, thanks, Bill. Yeah, you know what? That sounds like ought to be a movie, uh, going all in on Mitchell Trubisky. That just mm -hmm. has an answer. All right, so this is yeah. the one I want to spend a little time on. It's a it's an NBC okay. game. It's the, it's the night cap. It's a team – called the Cleveland Browns, I guess a team called the Pittsburgh yeah, Steelers. And my executive producer, by the way, uh, who was a big, big uh, Cleveland friend, and you sort of dissed him earlier this year when he brought up the Browns, and he said he was going to get even with you. Uh, so Andy, this is your this is your apology from Terry uh, that the, the Browns Browns are are underdogs by six. What a good story the Browns are if they I don't, but if we get past this COVID thing. So the Steelers play at Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh's a six point favorite. Uh, Ben's playing pretty good against so them. Give me the, the Browns. The Browns play at Pittsburgh. Yeah, what did I say? Browns. I thought I said Browns. Steelers. Steelers. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. That is the team. Okay. The Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns play at Pittsburgh against the Steelers. Are a six point underdog in the AFC Wild Card playoff game. It'll be 34 degrees, and uh, and the over under I think is 47.5. Is that enough information? Did I get it right? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. 
I mean, I don't care anything about Cleveland. They're going to get beat in Pittsburgh. But Rudolph makes it Rudolph. Mm-hmm. Randolph Rudolph. Or Made up Mason Rudolph, same as the uh, same as yeah. the former golfer, yeah. you know, Mason Rudolph. Mason uh, Rudolph. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he will. Um, and they almost beat him in Cleveland without Ben, and they risked mm-hmm. some people. So, and Cleveland had to win to get in. So, yeah, I'm not. I'm not giving Cleveland any chance to hmm. beat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. Ain't gonna happen in my lifetime. Hmm. Just, just, just don't like, just, <laughs> just don't like those Browns. Some people would say you had like a little grudge to hold against Turkey Jones and others there in no, past years, but no, 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 I, no, um, no, not at all. I have nothing. Uh, but admiration for the job that Kafanski's done there as head coach for uh, Cleveland. So, it's hard to know the coaches. Yeah, I don't. I can't yeah, name them all. So. Do what? It's hard to know all the coaches anymore. They all got uh, different names. I know. Not exactly. But I do like. Yeah. I do like the job that that he's done. Yeah. But listen, I I bleed black and gold, so I can't. I know you do. I would never. I know you do. I would never pick. No, I Pitt understand. Over Pittsburgh, no matter if Pittsburgh hadn't won a game. I think just respect. I think they just want people just want uh, you know some respect for their quarterback and their team. And it's been a long drought. And I like Baker first Mayfield. time in eighteen. I, I like Mayfield. Yeah. I like Chubb. Yeah, I mean they do a really good mm-hmm. job there. Their defense is really good. Yeah. So I have no, nothing but good thing. I, I have great respect for Cleveland. Okay, but right. and Pittsburgh is not always. Going to dominate, and this, you know, Ben's got another year. He said he's going to play again. I, I just have a hard time saying, okay, fine. Right. Um, I got you. So I'm feeling. Can Cleveland beat this? Well, they just beat him the other day. Yeah, so yeah, they can beat. Yeah, okay. But you're picking Pittsburgh. So let me go over your picks again, real quick. Which is you okay. like you like Buffalo over Indianapolis. You like. Seattle over Larry. I'm sorry. Seattle over Los Angeles Raiders. You like Washington. You like Tampa Bay. I wasn't sure on that Washington pick. Did you take the Redskins? You didn't pick them, didn't you? No, I took I took I took Tampa Bay. Okay, you reversed that. You thought about it, but you changed your mind. No, Uh, no, 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 buddy. I never did. No, I never, okay. I never right. picked Washington. Well, I, I thought I checked off Washington. Well, I'm glad I asked because I had checked off Washington. Yeah. Um, on a, and then, of course, right. then you've got Baltimore over Tennessee, New Orleans over Chicago, and Pittsburgh over Cleveland. Am I correct, though? Is that right? Right. Uh, yeah. how, how much should I put on it? How much should I put on each game of your money? With my money, yeah, thousand dollars. Thousand dollars. All right, I'm taking your picks right. for a thousand each. Six thousand um, dollars, right. and. Uh, I might be a little short if you get my feet in my drift. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Terry, that's a little too inside, but that's fine. It, that's okay. With Terry, uh, it's always great to have you on. Thanks for the being on the podcast. Best Fridays in football this week. We got some NFL games that you to take care of yourself. I hope we'll talk next week and and maybe I have a whole oh, bunch of sure. money, a little money that I'm going to get a year. Or so by but you can go on yeah. Fox, but I can find out what we mean. Terry's money. Have a great trip, TV. <laughs> okay, buddy. Thanks to all these people for making the best Fridays in the football possible. Interbate Lighthouse Builders, Truth, Honor, and Dignity. Dr. Jim Duke, Sissy Long, 
Lauren Meadows, Jeffrey Melvin of Melvin Law, Max Steen, former Gator captain, Jeff Ulmer, the Ocala Quarterback Club sponsor of the Scott Brantley Trophy, Mike McGinnis, captain, Dr. and Joey Sorrentino, Renstar Medical Research, and Diane Palmer in memory of Whit Palmer, Jr. We hope you're enjoying the best Fridays in the football podcast with Urban Meyer and Terry Bradshaw on the Evergreen Podcast Network. On behalf of Director Brendan Martin, I'm Buddy Martin, and you've been listening to one of the best Fridays in football on the Evergreen Podcast Network. What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes? On PressBox Access, you'll hear from me, Todd Jones, and other sports writers about their experiences with the greatest athletes, coaches, and sports events of the past half century. We'll share some stories behind the stories, some big, some small, and some we've only told each other. Let us buy you around on PressBox Access. 